Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Naturally Nino podcast. I'm Nino, your host, and today I have a very, 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 very special guest on, and I am so excited for this episode. I think it's going to be super fun. You're going to learn a lot about me um, through one of my best friends, (laughs) and this is someone that I have known for like 15 years of my life now, which is insane to even say that. But I am so excited to um, make one of our conversations go public. (laughs) Um, We kind of talk about a lot of different things. We are both the type of people that like to state our opinions and we're very vocal about it. So we're we're definitely not shy. Um, So I think this is going to be super fun, sit back and just listen, I guess, and laugh along with us. Um, The other reason I really wanted to bring her on is because she's really um, stepping up and and really trying to do positive things for the world. And she is becoming a mental health advocate and sharing her life experiences and what she has been doing to really heal herself and sharing it with others. And I think that's super incredible and inspiring. So, Marissa, would you like to introduce yourself? (laughs) Hi. So, I'm Nina's best friend. Like, she just so beautifully introduced me. My name is Marissa. And um, she invited me here today to just kind of, you know, open up about my experience with anxiety, you know, mental health, kind of navigating through all of that and just sharing that with everybody else and the things that helped me kind of get by and just getting to know Nino a little bit better from my point of view and uh, just getting to know us both at the same time and learn a little something new from both of us today. Yeah, I think this is going to be such a fun episode. I know me and you have always talked about doing something like this forever. And right before um, we got on this on this episode, I should say, um, I was like, Hey, um, what do you think about calling this episode from bathtubs to podcasts, (laughs) (laughs) sharing our secret talks? Because to be honest with you guys, um, like our conversations, um, we met in high school in ninth grade and we instantly became friends. I don't know why, but we were just like super drawn to each other and we just clicked and we would spend nights like I don't even know how many times we spent in her bathroom um, just sitting there after like everyone is already asleep and we're just sitting there talking about life, about everything, (laughs) you know, and now it's kind of, you know, transpired into what we're doing right now. And I think we have both evolved so much in our lives and we have been there through it all to see it, see all of the first, you know, like you were there with me through all of my first, I was there with you through all of your first. And so I, I feel like there's a lot to be said. And I think it's also super amazing that we have remained friends till this day. And just to see how far we've come and the, the woman that we've become. And I think that's incredible. And I feel like we have a very strong message to share with the younger girls today. And that's really the purpose, I think, of this episode in particular. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, it's rare to see things like this too and see friends stay friends for so long. And um, it's, you know, a lot of times people have these friendships and cliques and these groups and they're kind of a facade because there's not there's not so often where you find like true raw friendships where you are vulnerable, where you fight, where you disagree. You don't talk for a little while. You kind of, it's a real, and it's like almost like a relationship. And when you, the way way we've grown for the past 15 years is pretty consistent at the same time in maybe different paths, different ways, but we've kind of come back together. And from everything we've talked about from when we were younger to now is kind of come to fruition in ways that I guess we didn't even predict So it's just interesting to see, you know, if you make certain choices in your life and you surround yourself with the right people, you know, what could happen? Yeah. And I think to your point also, you know, we have had arguments, we have had disagreements and we've had periods when we did not talk to each other. Mm -hmm. And I, there were moments 
throughout our journey where I thought, wow, I just lost my best friend. Mm -hmm. And like, that's it. Like our relationship can never be the same. But I can honestly say today after 15 years of knowing you and even going through all of our ups and downs and all the little arguments that we might have had in the past, this is probably the strongest our relationship has ever been. Yeah, for sure. And I think that we owe it to the fact that we are always extremely brutally honest with each other. And that's the reason that we fought or like had disagreements is because we didn't hold back. We were never the type of friends that would just sit back and say, hey, what you're doing is good. Like if we felt like something was wrong, we would say that. Right, right. I mean, that was necessary too at a time because, you know, me and you growing up, I mean, we had family and everything, but we really had each other to get through a lot of those crucial years of finding yourself and not really knowing right from wrong. And, you know, we were really a strong pair throughout a lot of those years. And that was important for both of us to have. And even though, like you said, even though we might have not agreed with each other, we said it and we let each other know exactly (laughs) how we felt about that maybe in the moment we didn't like it, but I remember anytime you said something, I thought about it, you know, I would, I would think about it and it would sit with me, even though I would say, no, forget it. You know, you don't know what you're talking about in the moment, but afterwards it always sat. I, it just always would just sit heavy on me because your opinion was very important and it changed us for, you know, we've brought each other to a lot of realizations that each other, we couldn't see without each other, you know? Yeah. I I think too much into it. Exactly. Uh, And then we were the other person that was kind of looking at the situation from the outside and being like, hey, like, this is not what you think. This is just maybe something that you're feeling right now, but this is not reality. And I think a big part as to why, even when we did tell each other, like, what we thought about something, it wasn't, you know, we didn't get upset because, oh, she told me something and she's just jealous. It's right. because we subconsciously knew that it was true. And mm-hmm. like, we were there to protect each other. That's right. like, we were each other's support system. And mm-hmm. we just wanted to always see each other be happy. Right. And it's hard, I think, um, especially in our teenage years, because like I said, I mean, we met when we were in ninth grade. So in ninth grade, we were what, 14 years old or we just turned 14 14. I think yep yeah like now that I think about it that's half of our age right now yeah and those are pretty important all the time it's kind of scary it's so scary. Like and we it was were an babies. important time of our lives too. Like it wasn't like we met when we were kids and we were playing in the sandbox. Like you know, we met when we were like really growing up and learning about ourselves. Yeah. Well, uh, do you want to tell everyone a little bit, you know, more detail as to like your background and like just kind of paint a picture of like how you grew up? Okay. Well, I mean, it's. It's an age-old story of a girl from Brooklyn, <laughs> half Persian, half Italian, um, very, you know, Goomba type of dad, very, very, you know, Italian, very old school, and my mom was an old school Persian. So I, I grew up in a relatively, uh, not strict, but my parents, you know, I was a very polite girl, and I was always taught, please, thank you, this and that, and I was always very timid and kept to myself, and that didn't stay that way very long, though, but it was like that for a little while. And, Are you um, sure that's Marissa that you're talking yeah, about? It was, you know, and I think that's a lot where, again, my kind of my anxiety came from was just I was very timid and I was very scared when I was younger, you know, just generally, you know, like I would get a cut at the park and I was like, ma, emergency room. Like, <laughs> I mean. I I was addicted to Band-Aids. Like, I just thought something was always wrong. And that really you know, kind of went into my future and then turned into anxiety. But um, there was a lot of factors growing up that contributed to anxiety and stuff like that for, you know, personal things to just, you know, just some things growing up and some just events that, you know, when you're at a certain age, you do, you don't pay attention to them. Um, And it's not to say I had a bad childhood or anything traumatic or serious that were to happen, but 
I think, you know, back, and I don't want to say back in the day, like we're so old, but like, you know, mental health is way more, you know, prominent now than it was before. Like a lot of time, oh, yeah. it was like, I just feel better. Oh, you know, grow up. Oh, you, you know, you it, being open about your feelings, expressing yourself. It, it wasn't very common. It was more like you taught your kid to like get through life, you know, pardon my French, but shit happens, get over it. You know, that was kind of the mm-hmm. mentality that you were kind of raised just because that was what was best for you, essentially. Don't harp on something, you know, and when you kind of do that, it becomes a buildup from all the traumatic things you deal with in your life. A lot of the times you don't find, let's say if I talk to our friends that were born in the 90s, if they lost a parent, I'd say nine times out of 10, none of those kids went to therapy after those things happened at a young age when they probably right. should have. And right. all of those things, you know, I think that's why right now a lot of like 90s kids even there's like a lot of people call us like the generation of anxiety because like anxiety has been so known now like before I didn't even like know the word anxiety until the Kardashians started overusing it and then we were like oh (laughs) wait maybe maybe that's what I have (laughs) yeah I mean and then it like slowly started becoming normalized to talk about it you know generally um and I think that you know that's also why I wanted to talk today is just to kind of normalize it and make it, you know, kind of known because every kid has, you know, things growing up that are traumatizing. I mean, you've had traumatizing events. I've had traumatizing events and the problem is not addressing them. That's the issue. And I can't say I had a traumatizing childhood. There were things that sucked and things that set me back in life or that made me fearful of certain things, but they weren't addressed. And that's the issue. Um, and I think that addressing the issues early on are important. And also a lot of times don't blame your past and don't blame your parents and your childhood because that was your experience. That was your life. But now it's time to address it and learn from it where that piece is missing for a lot of people where they kind of harp like, Oh, this happened in my childhood. That happened. Like a lot of things happen to different people. Don't harp on your story because you can look at the next person and be like, wow, my story is not that bad. Just focus on addressing your feelings and fixing it. So I think that, you know, is my journey that I've kind of come to over the past, I'd say two and a half, three years or so that it took Mm -hmm. me a long time to get there. So, you know, I've always grown up in a family that was kind of strong and, you know, you just push through it and you, Mm -hmm. you know, not that you shoved your feelings down, but we were just a strong willed family. I have a lot of strong willed women in my family and it was it was just always kind of the example to push through, just push through, Right. you could do it. You know, the women in this family, we don't give up all these things. But, um, I do think that even when I think of my aunt or my mom or my grandmother, I mean, now that I'm married, I can only imagine what they were going through and shoving down, you know, but right. I don't, I, I don't think it's time for us to emulate. I think it's time for us to change that because as women, we are kind of, I guess, it's normalized to struggle. Oh, pregnancy, being a mom. It's like, Oh women. Yeah. Oh, you know, all we get is mother's day, like international women's day. And that's about it. As far as appreciation, Mm -hmm. like, you know, it's not like women get kind of like, Oh yeah. Postpartum. Oh, that's normal for a woman to be depressed. Oh, it's normal. She's emotional, but it's so much more than that. Right. And it's like, why don't we have these conversations openly? Right. And it's not, it's, it's almost, and it's also the stigma that people don't even want to say I'm, or even it's also the overuse of it. I'm depressed. I'm depressed. I'm mm-hmm. depressed. And then there's people who are genuinely depressed and they wish they understood what you're, what you're really, the gratification of you using that term, you know? So right. it's just, it's either made fun of and it's, it, there's a stigma. It's, it's hard to kind of go around mental health, but once you make the choice to kind of look away from the stigma and focus on yourself and be open to it, it, it it changes your whole perspective and it really ensures that you have a better life every day. Yeah. I couldn't agree more with you. And I think that like part of the, like something that you said was that, you know, back in the day, no one really wanted to talk about mental health because also um, if mental health has a very high tie to like, you know, Oh, if you have mental health issues, then you're not normal. You know, there's something wrong with you. And so people wouldn't want to talk about it because they didn't want to be labeled as crazy. Right. Because why else did asylums exist? Right. 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 If something's not uh, going right in your head, it's like, Oh, automatically you're crazy. You're crazy. You're crazy. Whereas in reality, we're all going through anxiety. 
Mm-hmm. We're all going through stress and we're all experiencing the same stuff. We're just hiding it. And using different things to really numb that pain. I mean, my like you said, myself included, it's not the fact that I had a tragic childhood. I, I didn't have a tragic childhood. In fact, I had an amazing childhood filled with mm-hmm. so much love. Did I go through a traumatic experience where I saw something a child shouldn't see? Yes, I did. Just like you, right? Like you saw things in your life and had to deal with certain things in your life that were pretty traumatic and they affected you. And it's also because at a young age, you're not really prepared to be exposed to those things. You know, it's all about just being a kid. And once you're reality hits or you're exposed to that stuff it's all you think about and it becomes you can't unsee it right you can't unsee it because a lot of kids are just they they have you know not i want to say normal childhood but they have you know mom dad here there to graduation this that all normal all good and like but when the there's certain experiences in your life that they're ripped away from you and you see the reality of how fast life can just be taken or things like that it is it's ground it's groundbreaking for you like you your whole yeah. As a kid, everything is like shifted. It's like, that's how quickly something could happen. And you you live in that without knowing, but you live with that trauma all, all the time because it's something that at a young age, when you're not supposed to be exposed to those feelings, because you're really not mature enough to handle them. You're, right. you're a kid. You don't even know how. So it's, it's insane how the things you don't deal with as a kid, just simply because you don't know how to, and you're a kid that they come back to you as an older person. And I think that's why a lot of people experience anxiety and depression is like I said before, for not addressing issues. And I think that's the most important thing is to backtrack and address every, like not everything, but really address the issues in your life again, because even if, and and honestly, in therapy, they always say it could be two steps forward and then you could go two steps back. It's not a straight line ahead because going through therapy and, and talking about that stuff, it's not easy, but, you have to go through it and almost recope with it to get to move past it. You're never going to get over you it. You have to you go have through to that pain. You have to. And that's why yeah. people steer away from therapy because they don't want to relive it. They don't want to talk about it again. But that's what's holding them back in so many ways and they don't know. And that's another thing, the stigma with therapy and just talking to somebody. People, they 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 just, they think it's like, oh, it's for crazy people. Oh, you have problems if you go to a mm-hmm. therapist. And, it's, and I had my own you know, judgments about it before I went, I thought the same mm-hmm. thing. I was like, oh, I don't really need to sit there and tell somebody my problems, but it has completely changed my life. Therapy has been one of the best decisions I've ever made. Wow. And I honestly think everybody would benefit from therapy. I don't think even if you're not struggling with a mental health issue, I think that it is necessary for everyone because it's, we keep a lot of things in as humans, especially as women. We, we, we just, we keep a lot, we burden a lot on our shoulders and, Mm-hmm. To be able to get an like an outside perspective that kind of and after a while your therapist gets to know you pretty well and they start to see your patterns and your coping mechanisms and they're able to point out patterns to you that you know your husband or your mom they're not going to be able to point out because they're not mental health professionals and you're able to kind of have breakthroughs with someone who's like do you notice how much you do th- this this and that and then you're like and you, and you have a moment of like wow and you know they start to know you better than you know yourself and it really helps you reframe your thinking and change your perspective and really grow from your certain, from your standpoint. Cause a lot of people are just comfortable saying how they are, but because mm-hmm. growth is an uncomfortable process, it is, it's not, it is. you know, it's not easy, but it's so worthwhile when you really dig into yourself and you open up and you're vulnerable and you, you like kind of like, and, you know, it's also in a religious sense, you kind of just give it over to God and you just let yourself mm-hmm. kind of lose control and just allow there to be a chance for someone to help you instead of just being so stubborn. You know, it's 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 hard for people to figure out, but you can do it if you really want to. And you yeah, shouldn't I think have you to have a lot of. Yeah, I think a lot of what you're saying, like I can hear it in your voice and like even as your best friend, I think watching you grow um, and become a woman, it has been one of like 
the most amazing experiences ever because I feel like you have literally blossomed. Like, no joke. Like, you, from, like, the time that we met and, like, just to, like, fill people in. So when me and Marissa met, uh, again, this is, like, ninth grade, right? So we just started high school and – we were both very like shy, innocent people, like she was saying. Um, and I was really shy throughout junior high school also because after, you know, the whole seeing my dad die and things like that. And I closed off and, oh, I was going to ask you actually, do you want to share a little bit as to like what the traumatic experience was for you? Well, yeah. I mean, um, growing up, my mom was, you know, not very well. She had like open heart surgeries and, you know, she had had a bad heart from literally from birth. So my mom had always kind of had a lot of obstacles as far as health. And, you know, a lot of my, you know, more particularly my, my dad or my parents thought it would be kind of better to prep me for the idea if she were to die at a very young age, which my mom still is alive and well today. And Knock on wood. I love her so much. She's such an incredible woman. And, you know, it's, and my mom is like the strongest, most resilient woman in the entire world. And no one gave her credit for that, but you know, they, it was very much like you have to prepare that, you know, she might die. And it was very, at a young age, I was exposed to the idea or the fear of death from very young. So a lot mm-hmm. of my anxiety ha- can be chalked up and you could, again, you know, could completely testify for this. Is that <laughs> I am a It is actually more clinically known as health anxiety, which is a legitimate thing that people really are afraid of dying. And they are, you know, I, I literally diagnosed myself with leukemia in high school and I did not go to week, a good school for two weeks. And my mom was like, what is wrong with you? Like, I was just like, I was like, that's it. Everybody it was nice to know you. Like I was just prepared. I mean, it is just like, like true I've story. Doctors, yeah. I've, I've had doctors be like, please don't come back. Like you're fine. Like, it's just, I was very, so, and at, at the time I just, everyone was like, oh, you're a hypochondriac, you're a hypochondriac. But the issue when going to therapy was that when you kind of peel back the layers, it comes from being exposed to this at a very mm-hmm. young age where at a young age where death and even, you know, my grandmother passing and, you know, watching certain things at a younger age and, you know, you know, like my grandmother had cancer and dying from cancer. And that was really, really hard on my cousin. And that was really hard on me as well. But Deanna, you know, mm-hmm. my cousin just took it like, that was a hard time for her. And even, you know, for me, it was just like, she was older. So she had handled it a little better. better. than I. And I, but you know, no, like she didn't handle, I handled it a little better, but you know, I, I know that like, I didn't handle it. You know what I'm trying to say? Mm-hmm. Like it was, it was kind of like, we were both like, you know, the kids in my family were exposed to that stuff. You know what I'm trying to say? Right. And none of us really right. dealt with it. And we realized afterwards that it really kind of put a fear in us that we were going to kind of emulate this certain, you know, like something was going to happen to us or something bad or something just kind of bad was coming around the corner. And well, that it's kind the of fact of like, anxiety. yeah. And, and being exposed at a young age where you learn that someone could literally just stop existing within a second. Yeah. It, that's yeah. the most terrifying Thing in life. And I think that was also one of the biggest reasons as to why you and I connected so much when we got to know each other, because even though it was right, different stories, it was still aligned in, in, in one way, you know, like in the sense of like, we were exposed to the concept of death. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and it still either you know, some people where I think you did, you just blocked it out and you were like, you know, and you kind of ended up living the opposite where you kind of were like for fearless. And it was like, forget it. You know what? If life is so short, that's what it is. And in a way it was like kind of fun because you were able to kind of enjoy it. But like for me, I, like, I lived in this state of fear and it could go either way. And it it's could like, go either way. Right. It presents differently in different right. people. Right. Where you rebel and you just say, you know what? It didn't happen. I don't want to address it like that. And then there's that way where you just live in it and you're just constantly, oh, I'm dying. Oh, this is happening. Oh, this is happening. And yeah, when, and, and for a while, like, you know, you got all oh, you, everybody used to be like, oh, Marissa's a hypochondriac. And we would just chalk it up to that as like a funny quirk about me. But when I right, got until... older and it manifested into like mm-hmm. actually convincing myself and getting 
into such a terrible place, which really was brought on by just stress. And it was kind of like a big pimple that just finally popped. And then that's when the panic attacks happened. That's Mm -hmm. when it kind of evolved into, you know, what, what I have is generalized anxiety disorder. And Mm -hmm. I've kind of always had it, but it was never addressed. And it got to a point in my life where I was older now and I wasn't partying. I wasn't numbing it. Well, not saying that we were doing heavy drugs, but we were drinking a lot at a young age. We were just having Mm -hmm. fun. We were pretty much as any teenager would do having fun and kind of not addressing the issues. But as you get older, when you get married, you're becoming a woman, you get more responsibilities. Mm -hmm. You start to have these anxieties because they're, you're becoming a, you know, you're becoming yourself now. Like after the drinking, after the teenage, after the fun, you become yourself. And it's a very scary experience because you Mm -hmm. have to now like look at what you want for your life, make the right choices. And still now, and it's weird because when you become older, you start to understand your parents more and that's terrifying. (laughs) Which which is like the conversations we've been having recently where like, oh my God, like I'm scared (laughs) of having kids now. thinking back to what I used to do and like yeah yeah I I, yeah we didn't do like crazy heavy drugs or anything but but you know but we I mean we partied a lot I'm I'm not gonna you know like there was definitely excessive drinking happening at an age where it should that shouldn't be happening and it was I don't really think that we knew why we were doing it we just knew that it was fun and we didn't think about our problems, even though a leading, this actually leads into our bathroom talks, right? We would go out, have fun, party, come back to the house. And then we would like gather up a bunch of junk food. And then we would literally sit in the bathroom. I don't know why the bathroom even. Privacy we could get to talk about what we wanted to talk about because I'm staring in a room. So I couldn't. um, Oh, yes. Right, right. Right. So we couldn't like, you know, like, you know, my stepsister was sleeping. We couldn't want to, we didn't want to disturb her. So we would just sit. I remember vividly. I'd sit in the tub. I remember this so vividly. <laughs> we were just sitting talking that every so often my dad would very angrily knock on the door like, I got to go to the bathroom. And we're talking with, a, you know, a dozen of Oreos like. So, oh my God. Yeah. And we would just sit like, and we would sit there for like hours on and then it wasn't just like one hour. Sometimes it'd be two hours, three hours into the night um, until like it's almost, I don't know, 3 a.m., 4 a.m., and that's when we would really um, get deep, break yeah. everything down and get deep. And you know what? Maybe we were there and maybe we were providing therapy for each other because that's really when we would, we would A, obviously laugh about like everything that happened that night. And we would like, um, you know, get advice um, about like boys and like, you know, different things like that. And then it would get into the heavier conversations right, right. of what we lived through and what we experienced as kids and what that meant. But then all those conversations would then eventually lead in, lead into like thinking about our future. And we Mm -hmm. both had this mindset of like, we knew even at that age at 14 years old, 15 years old, we somehow knew that what we were going through was temporary, which I find so weird when I think back to it now. Like, how did we, I really, now that I think about this and we're recording this episode, I almost have goosebumps because I feel like we literally manifested this. Yeah. And I mean, over time for sure. Over time. Yeah. No, it didn't like, I mean, it wasn't like something that I even no, ever I mean, imagined back then that I, this is what I would yeah. be doing now. Yeah. But I do think that it, it it's wild. It's it's definitely wild. Um, and I also want to say, like, I think growing up and just like being there with you through all of your moments of when you would come to me and be like, okay, Nino, I figured it out. This is what I have, and this would be constant, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> you, you would come up with a new diagnosis all the time, and you're like, so okay, last week. Um, scratch that messed up 
this symptom didn't happen, so it couldn't have been it. I ruled it out. But guess what? I found the real thing. (laughs) And this would go on. And and at first it was like, okay, you know, maybe she has this. Then it was like, okay, Marissa, like, this is getting a little too much. Like, you're fine. None of these things happened. Um, Like, you're literally just finding reasons to create problems now. And then I think it got to a point where, yeah, like, I'm like, okay, I, none, like, neither you nor I knew that that was probably just a way that your anxiety was showing through. Right. But how would we know that? Of course. Mental health is not something that is spoken about. It is not something that they talk about in schools, which they should. Um, And it's not something that, you know, even parents don't really talk about that kind of stuff with kids. It's um, like you said, it's that mentality of like, just, you know, keep going, keep moving forward and there's no problem. And while you were going through all of that, I didn't even know that I had anxiety because I didn't even know what anxiety was. I would just, I just knew that sometimes I would get super anxious and I didn't know why, but I didn't know that that was part of being, having anxiety. And I had, I would say maybe about like two panic attacks in my life where they were really intense uh, to the point that I couldn't breathe and I didn't know what was happening to me. And it was only after those things happened when I was like, wait, maybe there's something wrong. Right. And then when I started, um, you know, taking like child education class, sorry, child development classes in college, that's when I learned about myself because I started to learn about like, how kids develop and common things that are seen in kids who are pre-exposed to death at a young age. And I was like, Oh my God, like, this is my life. Like this is, this is what I'm going through. And it's because of what I went through as a kid. Right. But I feel like this is information that needs to be taught a lot sooner than college. Mm -hmm. And talked about openly as well. And, you know, I would say that you being, especially over the last, I would say, I guess, two, three years, maybe being really open about your anxiety and what that has been like for you in your life. And then also you starting your own health journey and watching you transform literally inspired me to really speak up about my own anxiety. Um, Because I didn't really talk about that. I didn't, you know, I wanted to inspire people to live healthier lifestyles, but I didn't want to shine light on my own struggles, which was the wrong thing. And I'm recognizing that now, which is why I'm choosing to purposely talk about my struggles. And make people understand that the place I'm in right now was not an easy place. Like it wasn't easy to get here. I literally had to fight to where I am now. There are many times when I could have given up. And I know that you can also relate to that because you could have easily just continued to do what you're doing. You could have, you know, both of us could have easily just kept on, um, you know, just keep partying, um, deciding that, you know, we don't really want to have a serious relationship, um, continuing to eat junk food like no other, um, not really caring about our mental health. But we made very specific decisions to get well. Right. And I, it's, hard, and, it's hard for people to come to. No, sorry, go. No, no, I, I just think that's hard for people to get to that point, but they can. And I, I wish more people would, you know, I, I, it's all about just kind of self-reflection and people are afraid of that. And I think that if they were to just take the time to reflect on their lives and their experiences, they really would, you know, they would, they would be able to manifest their own dreams without even really trying just because they're focusing on their mental health. And when you're in a healthy mental place and you're 
you know, just a happier person or addressing those things, even if it sucks for a little to address those things, but finally, you know, learning how to cope and learning thought replacement and all those things that really significantly helps. And, um, I think that, you know, that's, that's pretty much what I've been doing for the past, I'd say two years or so, you know, I had, you know, my first panic attack, I didn't know it was a panic attack. So it was really Mm -hmm. just like, I thought I was dying. So it was, again, you put the health anxiety with a panic attack, someone who doesn't know they're having a panic attack, they think they're dying. That's it. So imagine that all together. And I didn't know what was going on with me. And until I, you know, I reached out to a few people, they're like, Oh, you had a panic attack. I was like a panic attack. I mean, since when, like, that happened, mm-hmm. you know, and nobody even knows. Like half the time, you wouldn't even know you're having a panic attack. Like my husband's had a panic right. attack, and he didn't even know. He thought he was just being like claustrophobic. I was like, no, that's a panic attack. Like, and mm-hmm. you know, it's it's just not talked about, and people don't really know how to um, handle it until they have no choice until that happens. You know, when it happens to them, yeah. and then they feel that they're at their wit's end, then they start to address it, which is normal because a lot of people, if you're, if you know if you don't feel like you're anxious in the moment or you feel like you're living a generally happy life, you're not going to address your mental health because you're going to feel like you're fine. There's nothing wrong with you. But right. I've seen someone, for example, my husband, he was always, you know, he was very supportive of me and my anxiety and, you know, everything I was going through. But I remember he'd always just say, it's like a light switch, you know, just you know, switch it off and like you could do it. It's your mind. Take control of your mind until, you know, he had his first panic attack and he was like, it's like you can't. <laughs> to understand until you're in it but just to kind of you know go back to you know kind of getting help is just kind of the idea also why you know we wanted to have this you know conversation on mm-hmm. this episode was just to open up the window for people to know that it's okay I mean I know that they say it all the time but like you know to hear from me and you two people who are normal you know and anybody who watches this or listens to this who actually know us, I might be comforted like, oh, wow, they also experience this. And that's kind of what I'm trying to build. And I'm working on something with my husband, who's an incredibly talented web developer, lucky for me, (laughs) and he's going and building me a really great website, which is going to kind of be a forum, um, along with kind of a place that's going to be a platform for you to get tips on how to help with your anxiety, certain supplements, medications, and people can just talk about what works for them, what doesn't work for them. Because when I was really going through my worst points, I would always kind of look for those places where, cause you know, if you'll, you know, you go on Google sometimes and you'll review something and people most of the time who are, have negative reviews are going to put reviews. So it's never mm-hmm. really like a place where you could talk to people and get honest opinions from people that, you know, you know, or your peers or that when you go on Google, sometimes these people are just going on there to mess with, you know, Google can sometimes just be going down a, a really bad rabbit hole. So it, I want this to be a place for people to like, you know, have a, an open, you know, group of, you know, people who experience the same thing. They can write their experiences. They can comment on each other's experiences. And also, again, like it's going to have links to, you know, yoga exercises, certain things that help with, you know, books and all those different things. I have lists of books that help, you know, for all the different things that, you know, you could want, you want to work on. And there's some fun workbooks and there's some books that you actually have to read that are stories and all of these different things that could just help that I felt when I was really at my wits end, I didn't have until I really Mm -hmm. was just like, cause I'm the type of person that I'll be a little, I'm, I'm, I'm a little on the lazy side when it comes to change or being motivated. So I felt when I got to, you know, I've had certain periods of anxiety and stuff like that. But for me, the most life-changing period was this past January. It was just a really hard time for me. Um, And Mm -hmm. it was probably one of the worst spells of my anxiety. And I had, you know, gone to different doctors, which again, one I'll say right now, never, ever don't like, make sure you go to a doctor you're comfortable with. That is so important. You can change, you can go to 17 different doctors. Don't care what anyone says. Wait until you are comfortable with your doctor. Cause there's so many 100%. people. percent. I couldn't stress that enough. Yeah. There are so many people who would just prescribe you stuff. I listen, I've tried holistic doctors. I've tried regular things. I've tried so many different doctors and I, and people have been like, you're crazy. Pick a doctor. No, I am not going to stop. Until I find, and I have, I found somebody who I feel very comfortable with that I feel is, you know, prescribing me properly. And because there's that's also a problem with the opioid, you know, ep- epidemic right now, because so many mm-hmm. people are, oh, here, take Xanax. Oh, here, take this. Oh, here, take that. And they, they just throw, and that's not 
the way to go. So if you're really looking not the solution. to better yourself, yeah, find a good doctor. Find someone that's going to take the time to get to know you. Someone that is has great bedside manner. That's very, very important in your journey for mental health. I really cannot stress that because I've literally seen so many different doctors until I found the one that I was comfortable with and I do not regret it. And I think it is the mo- one of the most important things for, as far as therapy, you could try different therapists in the office. They won't get offended. Be like, yeah, this one, that one, until you find you vibe who is the right person. It is so, mm-hmm. so, so important. But um, yeah, I just, I want there to be an open conversation about this and I want to help people. You know, I want people, people to be able to reach out to me and I, and I, I've had people that my dad has worked with that experience anxiety that have called me strangers just to talk to me and help me get through my experience. And it has helped me tremendously, tremendously. And it is just to talk to someone who knows what you're going through. It is the most helpful thing you can have is a sense of community. And that's really what I want to try to build because I think that like you said, it's still the kind of, there's kind of a stigma and there's kind of this, mm-hmm. oh, you have something wrong. Oh, you're depressed. Oh, you're on, on medication. You're on this on your, it, there's, there's no need for the stigma because people are on medication for so many different things. People, you know, they choose their path that's right for them and you cannot judge it, whether that's just going to therapy and that's a holistic way, or whether that's being on medication properly or whichever way works for you, you cannot judge people and you cannot be afraid of judgment because this is your journey. And it's really important that you focus on yourself during this time. So it's just, it's important and it's such an important topic. And I'm happy that, you know, she invited me to talk about this because again, I'm not a professional. I don't have any degree or any type of, you know, license in any of this, but I really am. And you don't need to, you have experience. You have have firsthand life experience. And Marissa, like, like you literally inspire me and I am so happy that you're my best friend and that we're still friends after 15 years and just watching you come from like have this massive transformation in your life like watching you from our younger days of partying to the woman that you have become right now and like creating this beautiful platform because you want to show people and help people and build a community um, around, you know, this about around anxiety and depression and be a source of real news, um, knowing that the people on your uh, on that are going to be using the platform are real people sharing their real experiences and also and really focusing on sharing not what didn't work, but sharing what did work. And I love that so much. I got to see a snippet of what the website is going to look like. And I am so excited. Like I cannot wait. Um, It's not going to be live when this episode airs, but the second it goes live, I'm resharing it everywhere. Um, I am like so stoked about it. Um, and her husband really is an amazing web developer. He's actually helping me with my website also right now. So I'm super excited for that as well. Um, but I just think that what you are doing is truly, truly inspiring because it doesn't matter that you don't have a certain, I don't know, like quote unquote, right title, whatever you want to say. Um, Mm -hmm. I used to think myself that I needed to become a doctor to make my voice heard. And that's complete BS. That was just a lie that I was telling my own self. And I think that when you truly find your passion and your calling in life, um, and obviously I would agree that um, my faith in God, especially over the last two years and just like even coming to God has completely changed my entire life and my entire outlook on life has truly given me the confidence to speak up. And instead of hiding my struggles and just sharing, you know, my recipes or, you know, some positive advice that I want to bring light to, I think it's equally important to share my pain, my dark side, and everything else in between the way that you are doing. And you inspired me to share that part of my life, you know, because I never really spoke about it. And I think that in order to see change happen, like you said, 
you have to go through that pain. You have to relive it and understand exactly where it's coming from. That's the only way that you will get to the other side. Otherwise, you will continue to continue practicing um, things that are probably hurting your body and not helping you. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I think that it's going to your platform is really going to be an amazing place for younger kids, like especially teens, um, to seek help. I hope so. You know, and guidance. And understanding that they're not alone in their feelings. And maybe they don't have someone that they can talk to. Maybe they don't have parents that they can talk to openly about this conversation. Maybe they don't even have friends that they can easily talk to about this. But they'll be able to maybe get into that community and maybe find someone that that's, that's what they it, can that's talk exactly, to. That's exactly what I want because, you know, also it is very expensive to go to therapy and to these doctors. It is very expensive if you don't have insurance and you're yeah, and not everyone and not everyone can hard. afford it. Right. So it is very hard for people to actually get proper help and get therapy. So that's something else I really wanted to kind of incorporate again, a community when you have someone you could just talk to. I, again, I don't think that it's going to be as sufficient as a mental health, you know, professional, but it really will. Right be able to open up a conversation and have a friendship or just have someone or re- even if you're just reading someone else's experience, it could be like cathartic because you're like, wow, wow. Like I, there's actually a book on mm-hmm. Amazon. It's like $4. If you have health anxiety at all, I highly, highly recommend you order it. It's called help me. I'm a hypochondriac. It is the funniest book. It's a tiny, tiny book. And it is the funniest. Thing oh, I think world. you mentioned it. I'm going to, I'm going to add is, a link to that book. It is the funniest thing because it really makes you like laugh at yourself. Cause this guy is like, if you could check one of these 26 things, you're a hypochondriac. I was 24 out of 26. I was like, I'm disgusted with myself. Like it was just like, <laughs> So it's like you, he like makes you like you know address like here these are your issues but let's add like it, it's very very funny I like honestly my my little brother kind of you know has like anxiety too with that stuff so I ordered it for him he loves it he thought it was hysterical so I really really think that's that, so great you know, I, I'm gonna you know send Nino a bunch of other books too you know over time and when she kind of posts the site when it's ready to just and also the site's gonna have a bunch of books linked there and. It's just going to, I think it's going to be a really fun experience for people too, because it's not just going to be all about, you know, addressing it. It's also going to be having fun with your anxiety. Sometimes it's good to just have a little Mm -hmm. dance, like just have a little dance workout just for a little, I've used sometimes when I was just in the real deep, deep, dark pits of my anxiety, I would just crank up a little Shania Twain, twirl around the room for five minutes and I felt a little bit better. And those things help, but you don't think about it when you're stuck in those moments, but these little things you could add to your day will really, really help. And that's all going to be there. And it's all going to talk about different ways to improve your life. And it's not just to focus on anxiety. It's about anxiety, depression, empowering women, and just adding healthy routines to your life that are just going to better your mental health. And I think that's just more, it's really important. And I hope that people find it useful. If it's even one person that finds it useful, that's fine with me because I have found so much help in other people that I felt God just said were my angels, honestly. And I felt the certain people in my life, I would have not been able to get to this point. You know, like my cousin honestly pushed me into therapy and she's like, you need, and I promise you, your life is going to change. And I will always be grateful for her for that, for pushing me in the right direction. And, you know, letting me be, you know, advising me to be vulnerable and addressing those things. And yeah, it sucked for a little bit. Therapy is not the easiest thing in the world. One of my favorite quotes, and it's so stupid, there's a show on Netflix called, oh man, what is it called? It's basically like a rap American Idol, a rhythm and flow. And there's this one line from a rapper from his song that's called, and I love it. It says, um, Pain is no growth is an uncomfortable process and pain is an unnecessary is a necessary investment for progress. So mm. and that always spoke to me because it is you have to go through pain to get to that other side. It's not going to be easy, but if you're willing and learn w- like looking to change your life, I think therapy and just kind of diving into your your own mental health a little bit is extremely beneficial. And I think everybody 
anybody, even if you're not suffering from anxiety, self-realization is so important for self-growth. And I think it has changed me as a person. And I'm, ha- I'm, I'm flattered that it inspired Nito because Nito's the most inspiring person I know. So to have inspired her, it's quite inspiring. So I, I just hope someone else would just be inspired to be open about it. Because I'm not going to say I'm cured from anxiety. No, I still get it, but it's manageable. And I've learned a lot of ways to manage it. And I would love to share that with people. And I, I'm here if you want to reach out. Um, you can reach out to my Instagram, Marissa Regusta, DM me anything. I am here to help. I am more than happy to be someone that could just get you through something or just be lend an ear because that, that mean, meant the world to me. And I would love to share that with someone else. I'm sitting here literally just smiling. Horny. <laughs> <laughs> I have nothing else to say. It just makes me like so excited like for you and just like super like I can hear your passion coming through and it's so exciting to be in this world and to be of service with my best friend. Like who gets to say that? Like I I literally don't even feel like this is real, but I know it's real and I'm just so I'm really, really blessed to have someone like you in my life. And I think that you are going to do incredible things. And I am so excited for your platform to go live and to be able to get all this information out to people to truly help. And because at the end of the day, that's where, uh, you know, that's where both we both come from, where we both come from a a place of pain and suffering of uh, going through life and seeing certain things that shouldn't have been seen at a young age um, and experiencing anxiety throughout our teen years. And then also seeing how that manifested into our lives today as grown women, as wives and how it's affected our relationships, because it wasn't until also where I came out and said, Hey, like, I think I have some serious anxiety and that happened to me this past fault where it was to a point where I couldn't even control it. And I called Marissa and I was like, I have never experienced it this bad. And that was a sign to me. I almost took it as a sign from God. Like you're experiencing this because you need to feel it and you need to feel it because you need to speak up. You have to stop. You have to stop pretending that everything is going to be okay or that everything is okay. I mean, and it will be okay, but you have to, you have to be honest and you have to speak loudly. And that's my mission too, is to use my platform. That was the, the reason I even ever even started my Instagram page was not to like go on Instagram and post selfies. I started my Instagram page because I wanted to share what food had done for me in my life by transitioning into a healthier lifestyle. And I kind of strayed away from it a little bit until I realized, wait, I have to go back to my calling and my purpose. Like, this is why I have this platform. The My platform is here to help people. And that was also my mission behind starting this podcast. I've thought about this podcast for the past two years, if not more. And yeah. it just wasn't time, you know, mm-hmm. because... I don't know why it just wasn't like, it just wasn't happening. And I feel like after I went through that experience where I felt my anxiety to the point, like the worst I've ever felt it to the point that I literally had zero control over it and it was affecting me physically. Mm -hmm. That was my breakdown and it woke me up. It made me see exactly what people are experiencing on the daily. Mm-hmm. And then it made me really dive deep into launching this podcast and sharing my vulnerabilities and my pain and my struggle that I not only have dealt with, but things that I still deal with today. Mm-hmm. Because Life is a journey. None of us are perfect. I will never say I'm perfect. I am not perfect. The second someone even tries to tell me, oh, but you make it look like it's perfect. No, I don't make it look like anything. Just because I like to post 
pretty pictures of my smoothies and my salads, I'm not telling you that I've got it all figured out. Yeah. I'm just sharing it, you know, and right. that that's all I'm doing. Mm-hmm. But I'm also going to sit here and tell you I am the like far from perfect. I have so many issues, but I choose to deal with them and I choose to speak up about them and work on becoming better tomorrow yeah. and the next day and the next day and the next day. Right. And I think that's really what this is all about. And now to be able to join forces and do this with you together, mm-hmm. I think is, it just makes me so happy, you know? Awesome. And really so awesome. I thank you for coming onto my podcast. And I know we have like these conversations literally all the time, but like, <laughs> recording it you know to go publicly (laughs) yeah you got uh we i mean yeah you guys got to see uh not our ted talk this is our tub talk (laughs) yeah (laughs) no i i really am so happy um for you know you agreeing to do this with me and sharing your experiences and your story and what therapy has done for you in your life. And the fact that, you know, you're able to at least manage your anxiety now, and you're fully aware of what is happening in your body. And I love that, you know, and constantly seeking growth and also finding ways of how to give back and help people because, you know, the information that you're offering is free. The information that I offer about nutrition is free. And we do it, I think, from a place of wanting to serve because both of us come from very humble uh, beginnings and none of, nothing that we have today was handed to us. And not to say that we're living in mansions or anything, no, but, but right. the point is that... Um, we definitely everything that we have, we work for. We're, you know, we both work hard. Um, and I think when you grow up not really having much at all, um, you want to do things to give back mm-hmm. to those people that don't have access to a lot of things. Yeah, for sure. And it's also a service, you know, in our way to service God because we are, you know, we're, we're Christian faith women. So for us, you know, a lot of people just turn away from that, but you know, it does help for in our faith as well to give back. And it's really important because when, you know, when you let kind of God drive, wait, sorry, I think, um, I think it, um, we couldn't hear you. Can you just repeat that? Yeah, no, no. I was saying that um, it's also a way for, again, me and Nina are Christian. So it's a way for us mm-hmm. to kind of serve God and, um, kind of give back you know if if you're christian and you're faith-based you know that a lot of times you have this you know yearning to kind of give back or to kind of do good and this is a way for us to kind Uh of service him and you know let him kind of use us as people to help other people and we'll call us earth angels if you will just to help people get through the hard times and just be you know an open ear or a shoulder to cry on or whatever it is i mean we're here and we're more than willing to have conversations and help people. And that's all we really want to do. And I think you've been doing that for a really long time. And it's kind of inspired me to, you know, open up about my experience and maybe help some other people. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's, that's what it's about. It's about inspiring others and it's about women empowerment and that's Mm -hmm. what it is. Mm -hmm. Um, The more, woman we can empower that will then also one day say, Hey, I started this because Nino Mercer inspired me with the episode, you know, so, (laughs) and creating that massive community of women that are real leaders that really want to do the right thing and raise their children to do the right thing. And realizing that we can all prosper. There's room for all of us to be happy and to do what we love as long as we just follow our calling and our mm-hmm. passion mm-hmm. and, and give back. Yep. And support each other. Yeah, which is the most important thing ever. And 
I'll always be your cheerleader. So <laughs> same here. Forever um, and always. Forever and always. Well, thank you so much again for doing this with me. me. Um, This is literally like the best thing ever. And I'm sure this will give people a lot of insight as to what our conversations tend to look like now, especially now that we're wives and um, kids are in our future. Uh, Well, we're not pregnant yet. Like all of a sudden start getting messages, right? No. Um, but obviously both of us want to be mothers one day uh, when the time is right. That's all up to God. But, um, you know, thinking about what we can do to really give back and empower women. Mm-hmm. That's the goal. So thank you. Thank you. Um, and I'll leave links to your Instagram account so people can reach out to you and then I'll leave a link also to that book so that people could get a laugh in as well yeah for sure and whenever my site launches I will definitely forward that to Nino and then she will spread the word to all of you guys and I hope that you visit and you find it to be helpful oh yeah I will definitely post it everywhere (laughs) (laughs) everywhere well thank you again um thank you guys for listening to the naturally Nail podcast and tune in next time. Bye.